How many of you love history? All right, we've got some history buffs. I want to throw out a date, and I want to know if you know it. October 28th, 1886. Anybody know what happened on that date? No Googling it either right now if you have your phone out. October 28th, 1886 was when... Lady Liberty, Statue of Liberty, took her spot on Ellis Island and was dedicated to the United States in front of thousands of people. Ever since that day, Lady Liberty has been standing as a beacon of hope, as the Statue of Liberty that people look to to know there's liberty and freedom here in America. And people love their freedoms. People love their rights. And that's why so many people have wanted to come to America, because each individual has rights. And as we look in our country today, what do we see? We see that there are such polar opposites. We see such fighting in the political arena. Why? Because everyone wants their rights. Everyone wants their freedoms. They're afraid that their freedom is going to be either taken away or that they can't exercise the freedom that they should have living in America filled with the land, filled with freedoms. And so there's all this fighting because we want our freedoms. We want our rights. That mindset has come into the Christian church, right? And why is that? Not just because we live in a, in a country filled with freedoms. We're going to see today that another Christian church in the first century struggled with this too. But it's because Jesus has really set us free from a lot of the have-tos. Right? He has set us free from a lot of the have-tos. Other than the Ten Commandments and then the commands to love God and love others, God's given us a lot of freedom as mature Christians who Jesus has died for. And so there's a lot of areas in our life and in the church where God hasn't given us a command on what to do. And so those moments are called adiaphora. Have you heard of that word? Adiaphora is a word that just means uh, God doesn't have an opinion. It's a matter that God has no opinion. He hasn't said yes or no to something. Uh, so for instance... God tells us to worship. He tells us to worship. But the matters of Adiaphora in worship is how? How do we worship? What does our service look like? Do we sing hymns? Do we sing contemporary songs? Do we use a screen? Worship folder? Do we stand? Do we sit the whole time? These are matters of Adiaphora. God doesn't have an opinion. He just says, worship. Another matter of Adiaphora is parenting. God says, to raise your kids to know the love of Jesus and to honor and respect the parents and authorities. Other than that, adiaphora. God hasn't told us what else to do. What movies you watch, what TV shows you watch, what music you listen to, all of these are adiaphora. God hasn't given us a command on what to do or what not to do. We're free in these things. And so because we're free, we love those freedoms, right? And a lot of times we get caught up in what freedoms and rights do I have? And we don't ask this question. What responsibility do I have 
in these freedoms? What responsibility do I have in the midst of adiaphora? When God doesn't have an opinion, what's my responsibility? And that's what we're going to answer today as we look at Romans chapter 14 and 15. Paul closes out his letter to the Romans with these, this topic in mind because there was problems in the Roman church with this very topic. And so Paul writes and says, love wins, grace wins. What does this mean for us and our responsibilities? We're in Romans chapter 14 beginning with the first verse. Except one... Except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. Disputable matters. Adiaphora. God has a given opinion. It's disputable. Doesn't matter. We can do one or we could do the other. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own masters, to their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. So in matters of Adiaphor, in the matters uh, where God hasn't given us one, a command or, or not a command, here's what our first point is. In the matters of Adiaphor, accept one another. Accept one another. Before we get too far into this topic, I want to talk about what Paul's... Paul's mentioning people whose faith is weak and then the opposite, those who are strong. But I kind of want you to... Not kind of. I do want you to know what Paul means by that because otherwise we're going to talk past each other here. So, when Paul refers to the one who's weak, he's not talking about someone who doesn't really know if they believe in Jesus yet. He's not talking about someone who who doesn't know a lot about the Bible. When when Paul says, the one who's weak, he's saying, the person who says, I can't do everything God says I can. You can know a lot about the Bible. You can know all of the stories. You can have a strong faith that Jesus is your Savior, and Paul says, you can still be weak in areas. You can still be weak in the freedom that Jesus has won. On the flip side, in this context that Paul's talking, the strong is, I can do everything God says I can. In the matters of Adiaphora, when it comes to the weak and the strong, there's freedom. And and Paul says, the strong say, I can do all of this because God has no opinion. The weak says, I can't do all of this because I feel too guilty. This isn't just a matter of preference, it's a matter of guilt. Let me give you a for instance. As I mentioned at, in the intro, in, at the beginning of this, God hasn't commanded us how to worship. And so we can use screens, worship folders, we can sing hymns, we can sing contemporary songs. The weak person would say, there's a screen up here. I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel like I'm worshiping. I feel guilty going to a worship service that has a screen involved. Paul would say, That person's weak because a strong person says, God hasn't given us a command on this. He just says to worship, so live in that freedom. I'll give you another example. In January, uh, we're going to launch a a couple connect groups, not just one. 
And so let's say one connect group decides, you know what, we want to hold our connect group at a brewery where we're going to have a beer and discuss God's word. Paul says in this context, the weak would say, I can't do that. Have a beer and discuss God's word, mixing beer and the word of God? I don't know about that. The strong says, God just tells me not to get drunk. And so I can have a beer and discuss his word because I'm not getting drunk. Therefore, I'm free in this area. What did it look like in the first century church, in the Roman church? They argued about meat, wine, and worship. The Romans would offer sacrifices to pagan gods. And what would they do? They would come to their temple, there would be the idol set up, and they would put before it raw meat. They would then take that raw meat, because their idol's a false god, he didn't eat the meat, so they take that meat, and instead of just throwing it out, they'd give it to the marketplace, where then they would sell it. A Jewish Christian, who, who, a Jew who became Christian, would come to the marketplace and say, you know what, I can't eat that meat, because it was offered to a false god. Paul says that would be the weak Christian. The strong Christian would go and say, I know that that's a false god. I know the one true God. I'm eating to his glory. Bring on the filet. <laughs> the same happened with wine because they'd pour out wine to their god and then when their idol didn't drink it, they'd sell it in the marketplace and the same thing would happen. And then the last argument was on worship. The Jews grew up Worshipping on Saturday. That was the day you worshipped. Jesus was the fulfillment of all the ceremonial, all the worship laws of the Old Testament. And so we hear this in the New Testament over and over again. We are free to worship on any day. And so the weak Jewish Christian would say, I feel guilty if I don't worship on Saturday. If I worship on any other day but Saturday, I feel guilty. The strong one would say, Hey, you want to get together and worship Jesus tonight on Tuesday? You want to get together on Wednesday? Saturday? I'm fine with that. Sunday? Let's just get together on any day and worship Jesus. It doesn't matter. This is what Paul's talking about, the weak and the strong. If you want a visual, here's a visual. If this is a line right here, and God says anything on this side of the line would be sinning. The strong says... I can freely live right in this area, right up against the line, and it's okay because God's given me this freedom. Where the weak would say, if I get any closer to the line than five feet away, I feel guilty because it's too close to the line. But the thing is, Jesus has freed us to live over here. This is what Paul's talking about. and He says it doesn't matter if, if you're weak in some areas, if you're strong in some areas, except one another. In matters of adiaph or disputable matters, accept one another. And not just accept and put up with, but give a warm welcome. Welcome them as if they're coming over to your house and you embrace them with a hug and welcome. Welcome. Paul says, number one, accept one another. And then he goes on to say this. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God. For they give thanks to God. 
And whoever abstains does, does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be uh, the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So even though we are free, Paul does give us uh, some guidance here when it comes to living in matters of adiaphora. And he says, each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. If someone feels guilty living close to the line, then don't live close to the line, Paul says. But if you feel comfortable living close to the line because Jesus has freed us too, then go ahead and live there. But here's the key, is we all are living for God. If in our minds we say in this matter of Adiaphora, I can live for God this way, and I'm living for this audience of one who is my God, then do it. If the person says, I need to be over here in order to live for my God, Paul says, then be over there and live for your God. But that's the key. Both are living for Jesus. And because both are living for Jesus, what does Paul say? Don't judge your brothers or sisters. In matters of Adiaphora, don't judge each other. God hasn't given us direction. God hasn't given us, told us what to do or what not to do. So don't judge each other. If one wants to live over there and one wants to live over here, that's okay. You're both living for Jesus. Why does Paul have to say this? Because in the Roman church, what was happening? Those strong Christians who could live in the freedom that Jesus won looked down on the weak ones and said, you don't get it. You're too old school. You're holding on to things that you don't need to hold on to. And they were treating them like unbelievers. Likewise, those who were weak and living over here were looking at the strong and saying, you're not living for Jesus. You are living too far over the line. You, this isn't right. And they treated each other like unbelievers when God says, I don't have an opinion on what you're arguing about. Just live for me. Just live for me. And that's what we want to do too. We want to live for God in these matters of Adiaphora. And yet, sadly, how often don't we want our rights and our freedoms? And we do those things without thinking of other people. And so some questions we need to ask ourselves based on this is, what conversation have I had where maybe I need to go back and apologize and say, you know what, I made too big of a deal about this when God doesn't have an opinion on it. You feel this way, I feel this way, and that's okay. I love you and I accept you. Where do you feel tension with a church member when you're on opposite ends of the spectrum on, on a certain topic where God hasn't given an opinion that maybe you need to address? Where have you not been humble or had the mind of Christ and humbled yourself and said, you know what, this is just a matter of adiaphora. I'm willing to... to let this go 
for the sake of love. Paul says, don't judge one another. Accept each other. Accept one another with a warm welcome and don't judge each other. Up until this point, Paul has been laying out both for the weak and the strong Christian what to do and what not to do. Now he turns his attention directly to the strong. And here's what he says. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Paul, the, the Romans, the Christians in Rome were saying, look, Jesus has freed me from the ceremonial laws. I can eat that meat no problem. I'm going to eat it because I have the freedom and right to do so because I'm free in Christ to live this close to the line because I'm not sinning. And I feel comfortable here. I want that meat. I'm going to eat it. I don't care how they feel. Paul says, look, you're right. There's nothing unclean. You can eat that meat. But in doing so, are you putting a stumbling block in front of Jesus for that person? Because if so, and then you exercise that right and freedom, you are no longer acting in love. And now, you've sinned. Now you've sinned. Because what does God say? Love one another. And if me exercising my right and freedom means that it's putting a stumbling block in front of someone else, I'm sinning. I'm sinning. And so to the strong, here's what Paul says. In matters of Adiaphora, give up your right. Give up your right. I have a friend who's a pastor in Nebraska, and uh, he was hosting a small group Bible study at his home. And after everyone got there, he, started, he asked if anybody wants something to drink. And whenever anybody asks if somebody wants something to drink, what do they do next? They start making a list of everything that they have in the refrigerator, right? We've got water, we've got milk, we've got juice, uh, we've got soda, we've got beer. And as soon as he said, we've got beer, someone started chuckling and said, ha, good one, pastor. And he said, seriously, do you want one? You can have one. And she kind of took a step back and said, what? Beer? We're about to have Bible study, pastor. What do you mean, a beer? And he could tell that she wasn't comfortable with it, so he said, you know what? Let's just put the beer away. That's okay. Just pick something else, everybody. But later on, what did he do? He, he, he went to her personally and, and gently said, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says anything about this. We're, we're free in this matter. As long as we're not getting drunk, we're free to have a beer and, and, and have Bible study. What could he have done? He could have said, I'm free in this. It's my right to have a beer. I'm going to have a beer. I don't care if you like it. But that's not acting in love anymore. That's not acting in love. And so what did he do? He gave up his right in order to, that he could have a beer so that he didn't put a stumbling block in, this woman's, in front of this woman's faith. This is what we as Christians want to do. We want to say, is my decision going to put a stumbling block in front of this person's faith? And if so, give up your right. Even if you have the right and freedom to do so, I'm going to give it up for your sake. That's love. But this doesn't mean 
that the weak Christian can go around saying, I'm uncomfortable with it. I'm uncomfortable with it. Just to get their way. Just to get their way and, and have the church be exactly what they want. Because that's not loving and giving up your right either. The goal is to gently lead and instruct so that we all can enjoy the freedom that Christ has given us. We want to be stepping stones to Jesus, not stumbling blocks to Jesus. That's what we want to be. And we do that by giving up our right. But boy, is that hard. (laughs) When I have the right to do something and the freedom to do something, it's hard to just give it up. What is our motivation? Paul tells us that in Romans chapter 15. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. What is our motivation? It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus. And it's His grace, His unconditional and undeserved love that He has for us. Think of every right that He has. I mentioned this earlier in the Philippians reading. Think of every right that Jesus had. He had the right to God's throne. His own throne. He had the right to stay there. He had the right to life. He had the right to not die. I don't think we'd give up uh, the right not to die if we had it. We would hold on to that. He had the right to a fair trial. He had the right to live and have praise from everyone on earth. And yet, He gave it all up. He gave it all up. He had the right to have the most luxurious bed ever while he was here, and yet what did he say? Foxes have their holes, birds have their nests, yet the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay down his head. He didn't even have a bed. He gave up every right that he had. Why? To remove the stumbling block of sin that was between us and God. He went to the cross where he died so that that big stumbling block of sin that separated you and me from God was completely removed. Jesus said, I'm going to give up this right, remove that stumbling block, and I'm going to be the stepping stones to the heavenly home where God waits for you with open arms and says, I accept you. I welcome you into my family. This is our motivation. This is what we want to do because we are connected to Jesus. We want to be those stepping stones for somebody else to God, to Jesus. We don't want to be the stumbling block. And the ultimate goal is to accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. We want to bring praise to God as we join with other Christians who are accepted by God as well and we bring praise and thanks and honor and glory to Jesus. That's what we want. And so one last point today. In matters of Adiaphora, let grace win. Let undeserved and unconditional love win. Not just Jesus's, but then in turn, our grace 
to others. Undeserved, unconditional love for someone else so that they get connected to Jesus, so that we are those uh, stepping stones to Him, so that in one mind and in one voice we may glorify our God and Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ. May God be with us this week as we let grace win and we look for those opportunities to be stepping stones and not stumbling blocks. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, you gave up every right that you had. You gave up all of your freedoms so that we may have the ultimate freedom of heaven where there will be no death, no sin, where there will be no selfishness, but only freedom to praise and thank and glorify you every single day. Be with us this week as we look to be those stepping stones for someone else and so that we don't cause them to stumble, but we uh, help them to grow closer and closer to you. Give us the humility that you have uh, that this may get done. Amen.